Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I just uh, want to reiterate what uh, Sean said, uh, especially for the family that came from far. Thank you so much for joining this morning. I know, well, I don't know all of you in your church background. It might be that uh, we serve or worship Jesus slightly different than you do, um, but uh, we trust that it's the same Jesus. And uh, that's the beauty of all the different churches um, that God uh, has all over the world. I mean, uh, sometimes it just blows my mind if I consider in a morning like this, all over the world there are multitudes of people coming around Jesus and worshiping Him. Some are not allowed to sing out loud. Uh, they just silently whispering. Some are out loud and they're going on. They're not going to stop in two hours. They're going to go till tonight, six hours. Um, and uh, all over, colors, languages, um, God has a way of coming into every setting of this world. And it's, it's amazing. Um, Barry said, you know, that we be present to God's presence this morning. And as he said that, I just felt that God's saying, you know, in, in some ways, I'm present to your presence. That He is everywhere. He is Emmanuel. He is with us. And uh, we respond to that. I think Danielle uh, testified it so beautifully of, you know, first He showed Himself to her. And that's, the, that's, that's the best way to know who you are. Know God. Because we're made in His image. We're made in His likeness. And uh, we will never be God himself, but we will be like him. That's his aim. His aim is to make you and me like him. And so uh, this morning I want to touch on uh, uh, a man called Epaphras, uh, a bit of a weird name. Uh, not many of you might have uh, heard of him. There's, he's not spoken of much in the Bible. In fact, we've, as a church, we've read through Colossians. He's mentioned there twice. And then once in uh, a small letter uh, named Philemon or Philemon. And uh, so I've, I've noticed he's less known but more important. And I think in a day and age where everyone wants to be famous and wants to be widely known and you know, to see how many Twitter followers or Instagram followers or Facebook followers you can have and how widely known you can be, um, we can be widely known but not very important. And if you consider the world and all the famous people, how many of them are really important to you? But if I had to ask you who was important in your, your growing up, in your formation uh, stages, you know, high school, and even now, who's important to you? Uh, I guarantee you that there will be extremely important people that might not be well known. And so uh, there's a place that God has for us, that we can be extremely important, even though not well-known. And sometimes our hearts cry for the well-known, the platform or the, you know, lots of money that you can, God wants you to be important. He's made us to be important, and each one of us can be important to a little Nicholas's life, to a uh, a student's life that's coming over. I mean, this morning as the Stellenbosch students came over, they're important. It blessed us. Thanks, guys, again. It's part of that, that the thing that we, are, that we are involved with is that the church of God is not just some local group of gathering. We are part of many, and we go and serve one another and be a blessing. So just on a side note, we're going for a, a picnic in the Aburietum 
just after the, um, the service. All of you are welcome. You go over the bridge there by, uh, what's it, Boulevard? Then you turn to the left. There's uh, a few um, jungle gyms and things like that. We're going to be there. So you're all welcome to join us and just to, to enjoy one another's company. But Epaphras, what can we learn from him? Um, what I love about biographies, autobiographies, being with people is I get to see how either the knowledge or the truth or whatever they believe or know, how it plays out. That's what I like to, I want to I wanna know how it works, not just mentally by just reading, I want to feel, touch, see, oh, that's what you mean. And I think God came to do that in Jesus. Now, isn't it interesting that Jesus is called the Word? You know, the, the message became flesh, the message came in a person. God wanted to show us what He's like. He declared Himself through Jesus. In fact, um, the writer of Hebrews, in Hebrews 1, he says, in past, God spoke to us through the prophets and the writings, but now He spoke to us through Jesus. And so Jesus is our answer. Jesus is the, really is the the answer, and if I get into all of that now, I'm going to get sidetracked. But he's the word, the answer for everything that we, uh, that we sit with. Even that gate this morning is opening the gate. Looking at Jesus, he's the one that opens that gate. He's the answer to that. And so, uh, but now he comes, he says, you are my body. All the believers, the, the people who believe in you, you are my body. So in some ways, he wants to manifest or he wants to personify his message again. In you, in me, as he did in Epaphras. Epaphras comes to show us something of God's word. And we're going to look at that of then and now. So quick, uh, let's quickly go to the then part. So uh, I forgot my little clicker. So Jessica's going to help me with that. Anytime now. <laughs> right, yes, now you can just click. you on the... Now click the, the arrow. Alright. So a quick background with Epaphras. Um, he was a believer from uh, the Colossian church. Um, he came to uh, salvation, was probably through Paul's ministry, and then started to help Paul as well. And uh, Paul refers to him as one that's with him, actually, and uh, while he's in prison. And so uh, Epaphras was uh, one that was uh, a part of uh, the work. And he was, uh, he was referred to in uh, chapter 4 as one of you. In other words, one of the part of the church, but also with Paul. Um, he was uh, one that knew God. He knew uh, the work of God. He knew God's plans, and we're going to look at that now. So I've got here two, four, five little kind of names. You can go and study yourself, maybe add some, but things that he resemble that I think we can take on and learn from his example. You know, I was so struck the other day as I read through um, the gospel where Jesus uh, kind of nearing the end of his ministry on earth. And he says, he's got this last supper and he's going to wash the disciples' feet. And he says, um, I have given you an example. 
I've given you. How many of you have often thought when, you know, you think of the gifts of God, His example? Uh, and if I, if I consider, uh, even, you know, lately I've been thinking, uh, my uh, one son is now next year turning 13, and there's a few things that I want to, you know, start walking with him into manhood kind of. And, and uh, it made me think a lot about my past, you know, and how I grew up and with my father. And I'm, I'm very fortunate that I've got a great uh, relationship with my father. But one of the main things that stood out as I was now thinking over the years is he was always there. I, I think these moments... And we didn't grow up very rich or very, you know, kind of, but my dad was always there. And what an example. As a gift that I, like um, uh, Sean's mom was just referring to, this, this in the Smith family, this lineage. There's, there's something that we give to one another by just being an example. As a leader, or as a parent, as a, uh, the, the, the encouragement to Timothy from Paul. Be an example to the believers. We want to be an example in this valley of following God and of living for Him. So let's look at the example. A servant, I just quickly go back, sorry. A servant, a messenger, a teacher, a wrestler, and a kingdom worker. Those are the five kind of highlights, if you want to remember this morning, that Epaphras gives us, it kind of personifies for us. What is a servant, a messenger, a teacher, a wrestler, and a kingdom worker? By the way, Epaphras' name means lovely. So I think, how to be a lovely Christian? Um, let's be a servant. Let's go there. Yes, guys. Servants. Our first scripture portion is in Colossians 1 verse 7. It says, just as you learned it from Epaphras, our beloved fellow servant. He is a faithful minister, which also means servant, of Christ on your behalf. Later on, he writes about him and says, Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ Jesus. And so we see this, this image of a servant. Jesus came and he said, the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. This identity as a servant is foundational to your and my life in God. We are a child of God. We are born again, so we're children of God. But the way that we live it out in the world is through servanthood. One man said it's to have a heart of a king and the hands of a servant. It's, 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 you know, this is yours uh, in this church. This is our church. This is not my church. Or this is our church. And we serve. It's, uh, we are part of the family. I love it when, when visitors come and they eat and they go. It's the family that wash the dishes, that prepare the meal. So we serve to be part of the family. And here Paul writes of, of Epaphras and he writes to him, it's a beloved like this is a loved one we we like him we love him he, he's he's part of us there's, there's this there's this deep sense of love and 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 companionship a fellow servant he's a servant with us so paul says you know in, in, in corinthians i think he says we are god's ser uh, we are your servants on god's behalf 
So Paul always saw himself as a servant, serving with this message of the gospel, serving with his gifts, serving with love, serving. And he writes of, of, of Epaphras, beloved and fellow. You know, where, uh, the way that, uh, that you, you position yourself to be loved is to be close. Is to love, to give love. One of our sons, uh, we especially speaking a lot about the, his seeds that he's sowing in his words and in his actions. And uh, we, we constantly need to correct the type of seed that he's sowing. <laughs> to help him to position, because there's something of what you give, you receive. And Epaphras is one that you see. He came to help Paul. He came to, to help the, the, the church. He, he was one that, that ministered on, on, on their behalf. They don't, we'll see, but he ministered the gospel to them. He served and he was loved for that. And he did it with, he was part of the team, a fellow servant. Are you part of the team? Part of the family? He is one of you. We are servants. And when I say we, most of us, this morning I want to ask you, are you part of us? Are you one of us? I know for some of the visitors, this is a reply for the church where you are. So, but we all have got to belong somewhere. Little Nicholas is born into a place of belonging. It's the way you and I are designed. If we don't belong, we don't function well. Go look at people who are, uh, who are struck with loneliness and isolation. They don't function well. Some of us struggle with that at times. And maybe you grew up and God is busy healing you because He's placing you with people. And the way that He heals you, it's not always just, you know, putting on. He, he puts somebody that's a bit awkward around you. And He puts somebody that sometimes says something harsh to you, but they stick to you. When you're in the, and, and, and He puts like all different kinds of people around you so that you know you belong even though you're different. What's that? I can't remember if it's Nemo or one of those kitty movies. But he said, we're different so that we can fit together, just like a puzzle piece. You have to be different, but you have to belong. Epaphras belonged, and he served. With who are you serving? Because here this morning, we, we've got to put like a, a, be able to put a face to it. or It's, it's got to be tangible. This, this gospel that we have, it's got to be able to be lived out. Otherwise, it's just a nice message. It's just a philosophy. And that's what the Colossians struggled with. I want to tell you some of the guys that came from uh, Stellenbosch this morning. They know with whom they're serving. They drove with them all the way here. There's a face to it. There's a name to it. Might not always like the person but I'm serving with you. And then there are times when we cry together, we love together. We belong. And is your serving Christ inspired? Next one. We look at the messenger. We click it again. He was a messenger. I love this one. I, I first said he was like a messenger boy or a water boy. But you see, uh, Epaphras is his, and he made known to us your love in the Spirit. Epaphras was one that was with the church, and he knew the church. He knew how they, was how they were worshiping. It was part of the life of the church. And then he went to Paul. He went to help Paul, and he also gave feedback to him. He told him how the church is, and this is what he told him. Oh, they've got love in the Spirit. Now, I can guarantee you, 
If I, you just read through the letter of Colossians, the Colossians, went, all of them weren't doing well. Some of them had some wonky ideas. Some of them, I mean, Paul needs to speak about marriages and about parenting. Some of them didn't dedicate their children probably. And, <laughs> no, but they, they, they didn't raise their children well. Some of the fathers were aggravating the children. Some of the bosses were like bad with their uh, employees. So he had to correct some things. But Epaphras comes and he says, they've got love in the spirit. What I take here is that Epaphras focuses on the good, on what God is doing. He's not denying the bad. Okay, so I do want to say, we don't want to deny sin. We don't want to deny those things. But oftentimes, and I'm one of those probably at that I've got to train myself, I've got to submit to the Lord, is that the glass can be half empty. Some of you are predisposed in a wonderful way. The glass is always overflowing. Some of you are even more empty than me. What glass? There isn't even a glass. What? Do they have glasses and I don't have a glass? <laughs> I'm joking. But, but we, we, we tend to focus on that which is wrong. The first thing, because we are comparing, we are sussing out. And so when you meet someone and you walk away, who is that person? How are they? No, I just you know, see how they dress and how they speak. And, they do. and you focus on that which is not building up. It's not edifying. And Epaphras says they've got love in the Spirit. They are, they're growing, but they've got love in the Spirit. Focus is where their love is from. That it's only by God that we can love like that. But do, do you and I, when we are part of a community, when we are part of the group where we go and worship practice or prayer meeting or so, what are you focusing on? What are you going back with? What's the message that you have? If somebody had to ask you about us, about them. Maybe you go visit another church uh, over holiday or so, and you come back, yeah? At least we're not like them. And there's a side where we want to be, um, we want to be, uh, uh, what's, what's the right uh, English word? We want to be proud in a nice way about who we are, and that you're part of yeah, and we're part of Josh Jen. We want, we're not at the expense of another believer. And sometimes we do that. What happened now? <laughs> not now, a little bit later. <laughs> but we don't want to be, we don't want to be, uh, we don't want, um, now I lost my, 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 my moment here. <laughs> we, we don't want to speak of people at the expense of them. We want to focus on what God is doing. Epaphras was, some, was a good messenger. What do you see in the believers here? What do you see in us? What do you see in me? What do you see in those around you? Next up. He was a messenger. He's a teacher. He was a teacher. Colossians 1 verse 5 says, Because of the hope laid up for you in heaven, of this you have heard, before in the word of the truth, the gospel, which has come to you as indeed in the whole world it is bearing fruit and increasing, as it, it also does among you, 
since the day you heard it and understood the grace of God in truth, just as you learned it from Epaphras. So can you see they heard it a number of times. Who told it to them? Epaphras was one of them that taught them. They learned it. I always ask, you know, the, the teacher is not somebody that just, you know, gives a bunch of information. The teacher is the one that when somebody walks away, said they learned something from that person. And so all of us actually are in a position where we can teach the Word of God to our children, to one another. As we can share, we can, through our lives, Epaphras in some way, he's not just verbally teaching, he's through his life also teaching. They learned from him. Part of this uh, uh, teaching speaks also of uh, kind of systematically laying out. And the, I would, I would want to ask you is, do you, or do you feel equipped to lead somebody, to teach somebody about forgiveness? About the love of Jesus? Baptism? Prayer? How to worship God? Not just singing, but what is, what is this worship? Giving. Because that was part of what Epaphras did. Is he spent time with the believers and part of his conversations, although he was just, he also had moments where he taught and he explained the way to obey Jesus. That's the example we find in him. Can you explain some of these things? That, that, that's, the, the, that's the great commission. Go and make disciples, teaching them to obey the commands of God. And so when, when we come alongside you and we say, hey, come, let's pray. We want to show you. We want to teach you not just to pray in itself. We want to teach you how to obey God by praying. We want to teach you to obey God by giving, by loving, by speaking well, by by blessing, by prophesying, whatever it may be. But Epaphras came alongside in that community and he taught. And the people learned. Why do people learn from you? Do you know? Do you want to know how to know? Go ask them. It's as easy as that. Hey. You know, I've been thinking a little bit about my life. And what, do you, what would you say? What do you learn from me? When the time that we've been together, we now must fellow, fellow servants. Hopefully I'm a loved servant, <laughs> part of you. But what have you learned from me? And be honest. Maybe two things you've learned from me. It's, 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 you know how it blesses me, and, and I must say, Cassie uh, oftentimes is good with this. He's, he says, you know what, Ron, what you do well? And it's like, it's not necessarily new. It just helps when somebody says it. It like settles it more. Like, yeah, I'll do that more. And some of you, part of the opening up the gate is just hearing what others receive from you. And can I say, if people mostly receive from you, let's say, um, what can I say? Mostly receive um, pastoring from you. 
but you want to be a great prophet and you believe you're going to be a great prophet. It's, it's good to, to want to be that, but the gift that's coming through you is more pastoral. That's how God made you, and it's okay. One of the ways how we can discover our gifts are asking what people receive from us. Because that is what the gift is something that's given to others. It's not yours. So what do they receive from you? That's the gift you are. And if you want to be something else, you can pray for it. And you can desire other stuff. But no. Whoa, people receive this from me. Okay, I'm going to give that more. So, so just there's another question. It's like, uh, one back? Two back? <laughs> no back. <laughs> okay. Woo, do you feel the vertigo? Um, I'm sorry, yes, God. No. <laughs> Are you teaching someone? Are you teaching someone? Are you, are you helping someone? Maybe instead of, because sometimes, you know, you're teaching someone, but are you helping someone obey Jesus in an area? Are, are you, and just by a simple way, sometimes it's testifying, hey, the way I get this right is I do this. Go and try that maybe. Or the way, I, and you find places where you can give what you have. Give it. Give it. You'll see how it opens up ways. We want to be like Epaphras. We want to teach one another. We want to receive from one another. I, I, I get to receive from all of you. I, I love it when we go and we, we don't lead a specific community, but when we join on a Wednesday night and we just, people just sharing their lives like, yes, I've never thought, that's something. There's, I'm, I'm learning. And that's the beauty of belonging. You actually get to learn. All right. Yes, guy, you can go to that next one. A wrestler. Fourth one. He was a wrestler. Don't worry, ladies. You can wrestle. You, in fact, you might even be some of the bigger wrestlers here. Not bigger. Stronger wrestlers. All right. Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ Jesus, greets you, always struggling or wrestling. That's a Greek word. He's wrestling on your behalf in his prayers, that you may stand mature and fully assured in all the will of God. Epaphras was somebody that worked even though he wasn't there. He was part even though he couldn't physically be there. He, he, he had the people in his heart and he, in prayer, he wrestled for them. I want to tell you that prayer, uh, contrary to what many people think, it's hard work. Some other translations speak of its laboring. It's incredible how easy it is for me to physically, I mean, build, work. I work a little bit with leather, so I can work easily for an hour, two hours quickly. Ask me to go and pray for that same amount of time. It's more difficult for me. But it's funny how sometimes you think you're praying like it's less important. No, this, this, this is key. And, and what Epaphras shows us is he wrestled, he labored, he worked. It was vital part of God's work in the church. 
What are you wrestling for? What are you praying for? What are you laboring for? If, if you are a fellow worker in the kingdom, it could be that most of your work happens in prayer. And it's just as important as the one standing on the front stage. I think it's... Um, no, I forgot his name. Great revivalist. Uh, Moody with the prayer partner. So uh, I think it's Moody, but he, he had a friend that went ahead of him and while he was uh, praying, uh, while he was preaching, would pray, intercede for him. And they directly correlate the success of the ministry and the revival that actually came about by the prayer that came with it. I've oftentimes thought, maybe we should just, I mean, I don't have a direct word, but just almost experiment with it. That part of our Sunday mornings, we, have, we don't just pray before, and we've got two, three people praying throughout. We're just trusting God for what He wants to do in our midst and our gathering together. We're praying during the week. It's wrestling. It's not always easy. But we are working, and it's affecting, it's creating, or it's building something in the Lord. Is it for whom are you laboring? For what are you wrestling? When are you wrestling? Where are you wrestling? Can you, can you again, I, I want to I uh, have it concrete. Can we say, yeah, these are the people that I wrestle for. This is what I'm praying for. When? You know, this time and this time. Where? In my, I, 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 can, I can give account for that. Are you wrestling in prayer? What I love about prayer, and especially our prayer meetings, is I don't always have to know what to pray. When I get with the people that are praying, I hear what they pray, I can wrestle with them. Not against them, with them. Eh? And, and we can pray together for things. And that's the beauty of praying together, as we come together to work for that. So he was a wrestler. And sorry, just to say, there was intent. It wasn't just for physical breakthroughs, although we want to pray for that. It wasn't just new jobs or more money, more this or that. that. No, it was that you may stand mature and fully assured in all the will of God. That you will know what is God's will. Not just in a decision, God's big will. Becoming like Jesus. Knowing the forgiveness. Knowing the grace of God. Standing firm and settled in it. It's amazing how, for me at times, how I forget, how I have, I know it in my mind, but somewhere between my heart and my mind, the belief things, I'm not believing it fully because of how I'm living, how I'm worrying about something, how I'm, you know, what I'm thinking about this situation. It means that part of what God has said is not yet settled in my heart. And we need to pray for one another that we will understand the grace of God, that we will know the, the power of God, that we will know the bigness of God. Because that's, don't just pray, help me to not worry. No, you need to know God. That's Donnell's testimony. It's like, I, I, I don't want to feel bad. No, you need to know God. What He said, what His will is. How he's kind and good. All right, let's go on. Last one. He was a kingdom 
worker. Colossians 4 verse 13, For I bear him witness, as Paul speaking, that he has worked hard for you and for those in Laodicea and in Hierapolis. I don't know if how I pronounce if I pronounce that right, but Hierapolis. So what we see is Epaphras, the working for the different churches and having the different churches on, on your heart wasn't just for you know the Pauls and the, the Peters and the big apostles and those. No, it was for him who was a fellow servant, who was one of you. He says, uh, he, uh, he has worked hard for you and he's got you on his heart and he's got Josh Jen Stellenbosch and he's got Josh Jen Milneton and he's got Brooklyn, uh, yeah, it's Brooklyn and he's got Every Nation in Paul, PFC. He's got these people on his heart. His heart was big. It wasn't just the local setting. It was for us. We are part of way bigger. Now we've got a commitment. We've taken hands. As Josh Jen, we've got a number of, as Gussie said, about 40 plus, 42 congregations that we work together with in the gospel. That's our primary responsibility. Then we've got 412 that's kind of in the nations and different churches also that's linked with us. But that doesn't mean that we don't have relationships with the other churches here in the valley. And sometimes we do something together in the valley. We take hands and we bear one another in our hearts. And sometimes it's as far as just like, Lord, I don't, I don't even know those people. You know what's going to happen? Danielle and Alida and... Anru. Anru. And the others that say, they're going to go back, and in this week, they're going to remember your beautiful face. They're going to remember your greet. They're going to remember that you asked for more than one pancake. They're going to remember that um, you came with to a picnic. They're going to remember you, and they're going to have you in their hearts. That's how you, you go. And we're going to have more opportunities where we go. Henny and Almery and uh, um, Stella and uh, where, where was... Jy het ook gegaan, eh? Na Hermanus. Sarika. Ah, Sarika. Went to Hermanus just recently. I guarantee you, every now and again, they still think of the people. Carrying their hearts. And that's how we, we go and we work with. Do you know the other churches? Josh Jane, the Valley, 412. Do you know the faces, the names? You don't have to know everyone. You know some of them. Next up, Jessica. So Epaphras shows us that a follower of Jesus, a disciple of Jesus, he's a fellow and he's a loved servant. He's a good messenger, focusing on what God has done. He's a teacher of the ways of God. He's a wrestler in prayer. He's a kingdom worker. He's got a wide heart. How would Epaphras look today? If we can go next one. Now, I think, and yeah, you can color it in, but I think he would be with us here this morning. Unless he was somewhere in jail with one of the other believers. 
think he would probably be with us in some of our meetings. He would, he would, he would come alongside and say, I love you, or I appreciate you. He, he would make himself known to you so that you can love him. That's quite important. You, you need to be known to be loved in some way, eh? He, he, would, he, would, he would minister to you on behalf of Jesus. Maybe come with an encouragement or a blessing. I think he would look and tell at what God is doing when he goes back. Maybe Cassie, Marty couldn't be here this morning because John doesn't feel well. And so Cassie would go back. Epaphras would go back to Marty and say, yes, this morning that and that happened. And focused on, on, on mostly what, what the, the positive how God is building touch on some of the negatives, but they'll pray uh, through it. Epaphras would focus on that. He would probably come to you and tell you, yeah, this is what I see in your life. Thank you for that. Good messenger. Teacher. He would disciple you. He would pray with you. He would help you obey Jesus. When it's easy and when it's difficult, come alongside you. He would find a way. He would look and look at you because he knows that you need to become more mature. And now maybe you, you know, something bad happened at work and you're flipping your top. And it maybe creates some space that you can be angry. And then he would say, you know what? I feel we should. Maybe pray. Or, or this is what he did. Or this is what he feels. You're not, you know, scold you. But he would come alongside you and take your hand and lead you into the way of Jesus to obey Jesus. And it does take, you might make a few mistakes. And he probably did in the past. But he learned. And he continued because he was a faithful minister. He wrestled. He wouldn't leave you just as you are. He would wrestle for you in prayer. He would probably be at one of the prayer meetings, early morning prayer meetings. Maybe he'd have to live far. And if he's at, at uh, Paul's more with, um, with Paul, he would zoom in on the Tuesday morning. We've got a Zoom prayer meeting on Tuesday mornings that you can join. But if he was in the valley, he would probably be at the Thursday and Friday meeting. You can join us for that. Or he would, but he would be somewhere where he would be able to wrestle together. He would be a kingdom worker. He would not just think of us. He would think of the Stellenbosch guys. He would think of the Hermanus or the, he would, the Golden Spay or the Namibians. He would think of more than just us because he is a servant of Jesus. And Jesus' church is wide, deep. Next one, Neska. So how about it? How about we be important Christians? We might not be well-known, famous or so. And I don't think Jesus is very uh, worried about that. But I know he wants us to be important. He wants to be important in somebody else's life. In fact, he's put in you and me all the important things to be important. Primarily, he's put himself in you and me. That's the most important. And maybe some of you have made it so complicated and maybe distant yourself in such a way, I don't know what, but that you forgot that you can be a servant. 
a fellow servant. You can be somebody who brings a message, who says something good, who acknowledges the good that God is doing in others' lives. You can be somebody who helps another um, obey God. You can teach them, even if it's just your children or just your grandchild or just, just. It might be that just that little one goes and be famous and important. You can be somebody that prays and wrestles for another. And you can have a big heart. So come, let's pray. You know, we, we spoke about the gates uh, opening up. It might be that one of these identity words is a gate for you. And you need to almost recommit, come back to that. And I want to give opportunity for that. That, you know, whatever the Lord is highlighting in your heart now, which, is, which one can you give yourself to now? That you can give yourself in a physical way. That you do something about it. Pray something. Say something. Be someone. That you can physically look at and concretely in this week say, I am going to do X, Y, Z. And be like Epaphras. Be like Jesus. And just ask the Holy Spirit. Is there one of those that He wants to highlight? If you have one and you want to respond to God, I want to ask you that you just maybe put out your hands in front of you as a sign of, Lord, I want to receive your strength, your grace to be that. To be a an embodiment of the message, just like Epaphras was. To be important in your kingdom. And so, Father, as we, as, we, as we stretch out our hands, it's a sign that we need you. We need you, just like Epaphras needed you, just like Paul needed you, just like Jesus needed you, Father. Just like each and every believer needs you. We need you, Lord. To fulfill this important work. And I pray that you would come and minister through us. That you would come and bless through us. That you would come and wrestle through us. That you would come and, and speak through us. Teach through us. Serve through us, Lord. That it will be like, wow, it feels like Jesus touched me through you. And we thank you for that opportunity, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Friends, bless you. Have a great day. See you at the picnic. Boulevard, over the bridge, to your left. At the, you're welcome. And uh, you're welcome to socialize a bit here for visitors. Uh, I trust that you'll have a great week. And we see you. Bless you. <laughs>